really research the persons you're reaching out to, write them an email and send that within the next seven days. You can really get this done. It doesn't take that much of work, but this will help you kind of tremendously when you are putting together, for example, a virtual summit later. So as you focused on building the relationship first by adding value. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Today, we have an awesome co-host. It is Paul Coliani from TheOverwhelmedBrain.com. Hey, Paul. Hey, man. Thank you for introducing me. I appreciate that. Oh, and thank you for putting up with my terrible uh, pre-podcast jokes. Uh, but we're not here to talk about our guest today. It's Navid Moises. He is a lifestyle entrepreneur, personal branding strategist, blogger, podcaster, and online marketer currently based in Stockholm, Sweden. Navid helps entrepreneurs build their authority and powerful personal brand online so that they can make more impact in their business and life. He's also the host of the popular podcast and web show, The Lifestyle Architects, featuring inspiring and successful lifestyle entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and other change makers in the world doing extraordinary things. Navid, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Jerry. It's a pleasure to be on your show. I've been following you for a very long time, and you're also a good friend. And, you know, we've been talking for so long about this, actually. So it's nice to finally do this. I want this interview to go well, so I'm thinking we should probably just stop it right now. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, we'll move forward. Well, that's what I'm I'm here for, Jared, because I'm Navid's interpreter. (laughs) (laughs) Navid. All right, so I got to ask you, uh, because we pointed this out earlier, this particular episode has interesting last names. So we'll start with you, Navid. What are some of the butcherings of people saying, mispronouncing your last name? Hmm, that's a good one. Actually, my dad is from Iran, so he's, he calls himself Moses sometimes at his work. You know, he's a doctor and he says Moses because it's so common that people mispronounce his name. So I guess that's something you hear Muases, like Musases as well. It's something I hear quite a lot. But the worst thing is actually when someone pronounced my first name kind of Navid, because that's, you know, a variation of David, which I don't like. It's even better when you say Navid instead, but it's actually Navid, you know, with a short kind of I to it. All right. So I said it correctly. Is that, was I close? Yeah, you were very, very good, actually. We're not going to let Paul off the hot seat. Paul, how how do people mispronounce your last name? Most commonly, Kolaini. And some people see it as Hawaiian because it's C-O-L-A-I-A. So they say Kolaiani. (laughs) (laughs) but they always miss the first a which is silent so it's koliani so they always say like is this kolini kolini so that's how bad it gets wow all right that was worth it okay let's go over to navid let's do the question that you know is coming it's something i ask everybody that's on the show what's the best concert that you have ever been to Yeah, and that's an interesting one since I've listened to your show quite a bit, so I know it was coming, but I can say I've actually been to that many concerts throughout my life, but there's one that in particular stands out, and it was in 2004, I moved to the United States to go to high school and play soccer there. And my kind of host family I was staying with at the time, they took me to this kind of hip hop concert. And it was when, you know, Usher was blowing up in 2004. You know, I think he had his hit. You know, I I believe it was called Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that much, but I went there and at the time I thought it was so loud, so many people and I didn't really enjoy it. Then, you know, as I reflected after a concert, I was like, wow, this was pretty cool. You know, I got to see him like there was actually an amazing, entertaining uh, concert, but I was like there, it was loud and 
I was not used to it since I haven't haven't go to that many places. I just playing soccer basically all my life till I moved to the States to also do that. But then he took me to this concert and it was kind of interesting how I started to try new things after that even more. So kind of goes into a lot of what I'm doing now as well. You were trying a lot of new things at a concert. That could sound bad. <laughs> not really <laughs> concert. I don't know. Lighting hip-hop. matches or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, you can. Especially, especially in American hip-hop. All right. Fair enough. So, yeah, that's a perfect segue, actually, for branding. Uh, people know you as being a branding person. So, Paul, will you kick us off and let's just go for this? Yeah. You said you're a personal branding strategist. So what is personal branding? I started to get a lot of questions as I was building my own personal brand and also redesign my own website. And then I was getting clients for this. I started doing websites. So to me, a personal brand is essentially what other people say about you when you're not in the room or not around. It's a promise to an audience that you kind of deliver consistent, you know, high quality content to them. You know, that's kind of the basis of it. And I always say that you can build a personal brand before you actually need it. Like whether you're in a full-time job, you know, when I started, I was actually working full-time and then I was building it and I started to build a reputation and you can do that whether you're an entrepreneur right now, you want to take it to the next level. It's so easy to start with, you know, a WordPress site with a premium theme, get started for $100, $200. That's what I did. So what are some good examples of personal branding? Yeah, I mean, I actually did a very, very in-depth post about this earlier in this year, and I researched probably about like 200 personal brands I follow, but I'm not going to mention the kind of most obvious ones like Tim Ferriss, Ramit Sethi, Neil Patel, Derek Halpern, Marie Forleo, and all them we know, but there's actually a few people that stands out to me. And the first one is actually a woman named Natalie Sisson. You probably had her on the show And she's the suitcase entrepreneur. And whenever I hear the word suitcase entrepreneur, I think about Natalie. So she has built this amazing personal brand. She's traveling the world and she has all these kind of income streams coming in and she has passive income. She has coaching and she has a raving community and tribe. So, you know, and she also has a best-selling book, you know, around that. And it's called The Suitcase Entrepreneur. Her website is also very nice, welcoming. You know, when you go there, she recently actually, I noticed this before I was going on the show, that she redesigned her website. And now it's even better. You know, it's focused on kind of building her email list, the right calls to action. So she has video on there. I mean, I really like what she's doing. And she's a great example. Another person... I follow, and I'm not sure if your audience is familiar with him, is Nick Reese. He made, I believe, like millions in affiliate marketing, and he has a unique concept when it comes to like teaching people about business, and he's giving really actionable advice, and you can get results on his content, like getting your first clients, you know, asking for advice the right way. He always have this kind of good call to actions, which I personally like, and I can have getting results from his content. And he has a beautiful site. It's one of the best I've seen out there, you know. So I encourage your audience to check out actually nicholasreese.com. It's an amazing site. And he has professionally made videos. You know, he has the budget to do that, but they look amazing. He has endorsements from the right people, which can help you to elevate your brand, take it to the next level. He has been featured in many places, like even the White House I saw on his site. So he has a really great brand. And another person is Brian Dean of Backlinko.com. And he doesn't publish that much actually on his site, which can be counterintuitive, right? You should publish so much content, but he published some of the most high quality content I've seen out there. And 
even though he might publish just once a month or every six weeks, he gets hundreds, sometimes hundreds of comments, thousands of shares to his posts. And he had actually something I saw the other day. He posted an incredible guest post on Smart Passive Income. And it was just wow. You know, he wow his audience every single time. He invests in design when he does his guides, formatting posts, you know. So this is just beautiful, you know, similar to Neil Patel, how he does his guides to different topics. So I think these are three great examples that I encourage your audience to check out. Hey, now I want to flip a question over to Paul just for a second. So Paul, what would you say to somebody who's saying, hey, I see these people that have these elaborate videos and they have these really nice websites, but I'm on a budget. What encouragement do you offer to that person? And then Navid, I'd love to hear your response to that too. So your question is, if I'm on a budget and I want to create a personal brand using videos and things like that, Yeah, but maybe you don't have lots of money to go get these professional videos like some of these other entrepreneurs have done and they've done a great job with. What do you say to that person? Well, I'll just say do what I did. I mean, when I was on a really strict budget, I found an HD camera. Maybe this is even more than other people would spend, but I only spent $150 on a HD video camera and I spent $200 on a lighting system and I bought a sheet at Goodwill or some sheet store. So it was less than $400 and I literally had something that looked professional when I ended up producing it. So that's my advice is to get something that you can buy equipment that is that will have the function that you need. It just won't cost ten thousand dollars. What about you? Yeah, yeah, that's a great take. And I mean, I can go even more budget. You probably already have, you know, your smartphone. And actually, I did a video challenge myself. And you can just use your smartphone to record videos on like a daily basis to put out a lot of content. I had this tool called iStabilizer, which I can attach my iPhone to. And I can also have an external mic, you know, so it's a little bit better sound. And that doesn't cost a whole lot. That's very cheap. I believe the iStabilizer is about $29. And a mic you can probably get for about the same Amazon. So... It doesn't have to cost that much. And actually, the iPhone camera or whatever smartphone you are using, they are normally very good when you have great lighting. So that's all that matters. You can shoot them outside if you have, you don't need to get this massive lighting kit and have it in your apartment when you start out. We didn't have everybody together in the same place when we were doing a video for podcast movement for the Kickstarter campaign. We actually found a person who could draw these shots and we had a little cartoon video and it wasn't real fancy, but it was still pretty effective. So I don't know what your take is on that, Navid, but you know, there are creative ways to make videos and do stuff that doesn't necessarily require you to be in front of the camera or have to spend a lot of money. So I appreciate oh, you pointing that out. Definitely. And I actually, for my video interviews, I just kind of point out, I use a camera that cost about $60, $70 and it's a Logitech C920, I believe. And that's just an amazing camera. I think it's a they were one of the best, you know, spends I ever did on something. And that's 60, 70 bucks for a great camera. I'm putting this down for my affiliate links in the show notes, right? That's a good <laughs> so point. be the most money I've ever made on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Got to change yeah. that, Jared. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so can I take it from here, Jared? Yeah, let's go. Well, I liked what Naveed said about personal branding and how it's who you are seen as when somebody's not in the room. I forget how we worded it, but that makes me wonder why is it important to build a personal brand then? Is it, yeah. how do you take off of that? Yeah. I mean, I can go on and on why it's so important to build a powerful personal brand in today's economy. And it's really more than ever before because people, they buy into people. They don't buy products or companies. And 
You know, something I always say, it's if you focus on your personal brand, even as I said before, you need it. You will start to, you know, resonate with an audience. You know, if you niche down, you know, find your the topic you're going after. But I see since I focused on so much high quality content, I get more clients. Some of more of my ideal clients, not just any clients. I form very rewarding partnerships. I have a few books in the works and I co-author them with people. And that's just because I focused on my personal brand. You know, you get to be seen as a leader. So you get opportunities like that and you can build, you know, association with your niche. So people, when they say, you know, personal branding, a lot of people, they invite me on podcasts. So to talk more about this is I position myself more around personal branding for online entrepreneurs. And obviously you position yourself you know, can even charge higher prices, get more credibility and invited to podcasts. You get invited to speak more. That's something I'm actually going into more probably next year, you know, some more speaking, which can be a scary thing to get started with. But I think that's something that can come off building this personal brand and higher perceived value. There's so, so many things that you get out of having this brand and just start, you know, just act before you're ready and start putting out great high quality content. And that's how I started. And that's how I managed to build this up with, you know, forming these great partnerships, relationships online. What are some ways that the listeners can do a self-evaluation and figure out if their brand is good or not? Yeah, I mean, I would first of all, see that who am I targeting, you know, with what I'm doing, you know, what am I an expert in and who am I helping? Be very clear about that and figure out exactly your, the more clear you are about who you're targeting, the better. So a lot of people, I've interviewed actually a lot of people for an event I'm doing, which I can share about later, but that's, they all share that it's so important to narrow down and you like go specific as possible. So I could go on and talk about career advice and personal branding and all this, but that's not as narrow as if I'm going just for, you know, a segment, maybe entrepreneurs, maybe just podcasters, bloggers and help them out. Then as you grow, you can also kind of broaden out and broaden your spectrum. But first, when you start, you can own that space if you narrow and narrow down your focus and be really clear over who you are actually helping and what you're an expert in. Well, let's take my site as an example, theoverwhelmedbrain.com. I know that I have very simple site and branding. What do you think I could do to improve my brand or my traffic engagement? I mean, what are your thoughts on my site? Yeah, I mean, you're already doing many, many things uh, right with your personal brand. You have a like top-ranked self-help podcast called Overwhelmed Brain, obviously, in iTunes. And there you built this kind of core engaged audience. And that's great on the iTunes platform. But the problem I see is if you want to build kind of a great business and actually make a lot of money from your brand and not only like sponsors of a podcast, which is, you know, if your numbers grow and listeners and downloads, that's going to, you know, always help. But you need to focus on building your email list. And that's something I see on your site. I recently visited and you have you know, not really a clear call to action. When I visit your site, what's the first thing you want me to actually do? Is it to like listen to a podcast, which is great, but you know, you want to keep them there. And that's, I would have something I call, or actually I got this from Derek Halpern first, like a feature box or a very prominent opt-in box at the top of your site with a clear kind of value, you know, purpose of what you stand for and what you help people with. Maybe there's your giveaway. So you can have a really great lead magnet there, like a PDF video series, you know, around something. Maybe even you can 
transcribe some of your podcast episodes, give that away, or even make that into an ebook, which I know you are actually writing a few books, so I can have something like that as an opt-in offer, which will help you grow your list and take that to the next level. But that's something I miss on your site. What's the reason why I should sign up to your list? So does that make sense at all? Yeah, I'm writing this down, actually. You mentioned something called a feature box, and I guess that's, like you said, a prominent box Explain that kind of what I have on my site too. You know, you see this kind of thing I have there. It's very like big. It's the first thing you see on it, kind of my site. What do you want people to actually do? Like when they come there, you know, in my case, I kind of measure my success in the number of subscribers I get per day. And obviously that will lead to more money since I can build a more of a relationship with my list. You know, the money is in the relationship you build with your email list, essentially. And that was one mistake I made when I started. I didn't build that. So that's one thing I would do. But you have some a lot of great content with your podcast. So what you can do there, it's, you know, get people from kind of, you know, when they listen to your podcast in iTunes, get them to take action and come to your show notes page or whatever. But you can offer them kind of a specific giveaway there or like a content upgrade. So you can have this as a PDF or an action, you know, guide or something so they can sign up. But maybe you use a tool like lead pages, which I use lead boxes and there you see a pop up. And when you click the link and that's what I use. I mean, I have sometimes up to 70 percent conversion of the people who actually click this link. And that's really, really high. And that's something how you can increase your subscribers and also create content with a purpose. You know, what's the main action you want them to take? In my case, it's usually to get them to sign up to my email list, which I'm very, very clear of, which I have, you can see this as an example in my blog post and the podcast I put out there, like up top, you see this little box where they can like have a feature download. And that's a great way to build your list, actually. And that's how I see it. And connect with people, collaborate. I know you do this in Facebook groups uh, a lot. You're everywhere there. I see you all the time. And what you can do is actually include maybe people in your space, like a podcast roundup post or a blog. Like I've done this with personal branding. I include a lot of experts in one post and that went viral. That's something I can see you do maybe with your podcast and Maybe have the segment, ask them a question about something and just include this and make it really nice. And then you also can have a specific kind of content upgrade or an opt-in for this post. And since you're getting so many people when you're promoting this post, then you also get many, many more subscribers from this. And actually, it's worth all the time it takes to create this really epic piece of content. No, but I love your communication skills. You're like, Paul, you're doing so many things right. Here, let me give you a list of 100 things. <laughs> yeah. And here's funny. the problem. <laughs> no, that's the list building. It's all comes down to that. And I, we talked a little bit before, you know, and that's what he said. He has a great community in iTunes. I know his podcast is doing extremely well, but the problem is that he wants more traffic to his site. And that's some, some ways how you can get there. But, you know, not a great way. Actually, the main thing I would give him a homework is to create this lead magnet and maybe put a feature box on his site that you can get done in the next seven days, I would say, you know, mm-hmm. very easy. Go to Elance or Odes, get the feature box done and then the lead magnet you create it in a day. It doesn't have to be that fancy. Just get it done. 
And if you have time, maybe next year, create, take things to the next level with a virtual summit. And that's something I'm doing myself. And that can really take things to the next level for you in their personal development space. You know, it's very broad, but you can go as narrow as possible. Maybe pick one topic like emotional intelligence or something like that you're interested in and just nail that and own that space and invite experts that you can elevate your brand off, borrow their authority. Now, a friend of mine named Johnny Lee Phillips, he basically went to a few experts in his niche and he asked them if they would just share for a minute or two their opinion on his topic and answer a question. And they basically sent him an MP3 file, which he then formed into a larger audio file and made a PDF. And that's now his opt-in is you get these experts, kind of like a panel or roundtable discussion, but it's, it's really just these recorded yeah. things. But I, I thought that was really creative. And so the virtual summit is, I guess, a similar idea. We want to talk about that. What is a virtual summit? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And actually, what it essentially is, it's a series of recorded, it can also be live interviews with experts in your field related to a specific topic. For example, what I did, I decided to focus on personal branding for online entrepreneurs, like bloggers, podcasters, authors, speakers, coaches, and consultants. And my audience, they kind of mainly, they want to fill their authority and powerful personal brand online. And I didn't really see a conference around that. So I decided to focus on it. So that's what it is. It's not really that fancy. It can also be kind of webinar presentations. I've seen people have that, like Social Media Examiner have a big one. And there are more like presentations with slides, I believe, which is great, you know, whatever works, but it's really a simple concept. And I, a lot of people are doing it. And that's why it works so well, too. Virtual summit, are you recording this on video? I mean, how's this Yeah, working? I do personally. I've seen people that do just audio, but I like the engaging factor of having it with video. I get to see the person I'm talking to. And that's also why I, also, I do this for my podcast even. So a lot of people, they are not doing it. I just like to, you know, I like to have it on video too. You've put together one already? I've put together one, you know, I started a few months ago, really, you know, I came up with a concept and then I just went right away to Namecheap, bought the brandingsummit.com and I was lucky that it was available. So I started to reach out to people I wanted to have involved. And luckily, since I have, you know, my podcast, Lifestyle Architects, a lot of people, they said yes, yes, yes. And then I had this big lineup of great speakers for my summit. So that's kind of the process I went about it. Would you be willing to share some of the speakers? Yeah, sure. Actually, you know, one of my speakers is actually Jared himself. So I'm really excited to <laughs> share this interview soon. We did Shucks. it a while ago and that, that was a great one. And if you've read his book, which you should, it's podcasting good to great. And that's, you know, essentially a little bit what he talked about, you know, a relationship, how you can build these collaborations. But other than Jared, I have John Lee Dumas, Neil Patel, Yaro Starak, Marisa Murgatroyd, Jenny Blake. I know you had her on the wow. show. I actually listened to that one before we got on here. <laughs> so Danny Amy, Selena Sue, Sue Simmers. I have like so many speakers, like probably more than I thought I would in the beginning, but I wanted it to be kind of the number one conference for personal branding in the space. So I have like 60 plus amazing world leading online entrepreneurs involved in this. And 
the struggle was a little bit obviously how to put it together and this you will see when it goes live you know you can check out actually how i put everything together over at the branding and see the process because it's it wasn't like straightforward but i managed to like look what other people are doing and kind of model how they did it so well, so Navid, what, what would you say to the listener who's saying, I like the idea of, of a virtual summit. I think I'd like to try that in my niche. How could they put that together? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you know, I, I should probably tell them why they should do this. In the first of all, and the reason why I did it, you know, I build my brand even more by association to position myself as an expert, you know, and, you know, I build these great relationships. I can grow my email list rapidly, you know, even faster than with a podcast, you know, guest post, because some of the speakers, they will share it with their audience. And that's a great way to create a product super fast. So I actually can make money in the same process, whether you, you might just be starting out your business, you can launch with a virtual summit to take it to the next level. Or like Paul, you've been in this game for about a year, you know, and having your podcast and it's going great, but you can have a virtual summit to just skyrocket things a little bit. So how can you actually kind of do that? The first thing I did was to define a theme for my summit. And that's essentially the same thing as defining your niche. And I said the more narrow, the better. And that's uh, what I believe in. So I decided to focus on personal branding. But in Paul's case, it could just not focus on maybe personal development. It's too broad. So as I said, go maybe emotional intelligence or even more. The more narrow and just hone in like Tony Robbins, he usually speaks about just one little aspect of like something in personal development, it, it can do so for hours. And that's kind of the idea behind going narrow and just owning this space, you know, owning this topic for it and make it as valuable as possible. And I know you, Jared, you showed me this the other day, actually, you have something great with a podcasting summit. And that's a fantastic idea for you since you have, you know, the podcasters movement. And now you're doing also a virtual summit with some great speakers. And that will also help you kind of own your space in terms of having the best conference for podcasting. So I think that's really a great idea. But after you have kind of the niche or the theme for your summit, then the hard work comes in. And for me, that was kind of daunting to plan the event because you really need to see if it's going to be live or pre-recorded. You know, that's the first question I ask myself. Since I don't have a big team or anything yet, I decided I do it pre-recorded for this one. And maybe in the future, I will do live since it can be more engaging when you have it live. But I saw people, they had success with pre-recorded. So that's the route I went. And then you do the research. So you see kind of other virtual summits related to your topic you can model and see how you can stand out from the competition. So does that make sense so far, guys? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, but I do have a question, if you don't mind, Jared. Yeah, sure. No, go ahead. The first thing I think about is how am I going to, where am I going to put this video that I'm recording? Am I doing it on Skype? Am I doing it on Google right. Hangouts? I mean, do you have a media host? I and mean, this sounds like a lot of video and audio that you're storing. Are you paying sure. for storage? How does this work? Yeah, I mean, since I'm doing it pre-recorded, it's very simple for me. I just use, you know, when I record it, I get him on Skype. So I do a Skype video interview. I use a cam call recorder if you're on a Mac. If you're on a PC, use Pamela for Skype. That's the first step. Then to host 
the videos as I do video, I use Vimeo. So you can find that Vimeo.com. I use the pro version since that's great for protected content. I'm not going to put the first part of the summit in a membership area. I could do that. That's going to be kind of the product I'm selling, kind of the all-in access pass. But the first version is free to sign up for. So I'm going to have each interview when they go live, they are going to be free for about three days. And then people can obviously purchase before, during, and after. Kind of like if you've ever seen Creative Live, they have the same thing. So it's free during the event. And then they can purchase, I think they can even purchase before, during, and after, you know, the event is over. So that was the concept I went in. My main focus was actually building my email list. And then secondary, you know, making some money in the process from the summit. But audio, that's actually a good question where I host audio for this. You know, Libsyn maybe. I don't know where Amazon S3, you can probably do it too on as well. I am really I want to have the audio hosted somewhere. I'm looking into a great solution because for my podcast, I use SoundCloud, but I'm not sure if I want to use that for the summit, actually. So that's something I'm looking into. But Vimeo is great for video. SoundCloud, maybe if you made the particular audio private, and then you just embedded that on WordPress, maybe. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a specific page, like, for example, the branding summit, then I have slash the speaker name or the day of the, for example, if I have a I have it during the month of November, I have like slash day one, and that's kind of the page where they can see that. So I'm not going to have the free version of the summit protected. It's just going to be there. And then I just make the video is live for three days. It's some manual work to this. It's hard to automate everything. So I have to do this manual work. And then I just kind of remove or just password protect the videos after I don't want it to be live there anymore. And then the paid version is in a membership, which I host with a wishlist member. And there's a lot of tech stuff that goes into this. I don't want to overwhelm <laughs> everyone. But if they're interested, I could probably put together a training at some point with Jared. If some more people, they want to host a virtual summit. You know, there's some great ways. But the main thing really is to plan it, be clear over kind of what's your main goal. You know, as I said, I want to grow my list and then the secondary is to obviously I want to provide as much value to my audience and the speakers and also make some money from it. So it's not going to be paid from start. So be clear over that. So my structure looks like something like that. You have the landing page where you can opt in for free. Then you have an order page when you kind of opt in. You go to an order page or an upsell, but that's actually where you can purchase a branding summit all in accents pass. And then you have a thank you page after that if you buy it. So that's the whole, you know, funnel. It's very, very simple to the whole thing. But actually what you need to focus on is getting the speakers to say yes. If you don't have an audience, you know, that's kind of the main thing to get the first yeses from some bigger names. They like anchor speakers, some people call it. That's essentially a very influential person in your niche. And they are probably not going to share your content. Maybe you'll be lucky if they share it on Twitter. That's great. But you need them on there because other people, you know, they will draw other people in. You will get other people to say yes. If you have someone like, you know, I have John Lee Dumas, I have Jairo Starak, Natalie Lucier, Marisa Murgatroyd, and so on. And they add a lot of credibility 
to my summit. And in my case, I had my podcast. It was a little bit easier. But imagine I also started from scratch from my living room, reaching out to people. So if I can do it, I mean, anyone can. So I think it's totally possible to get some great speakers. It doesn't have to be that many as I have. Start with a few kind of big names, A-listers, maybe I would say two to five in the bigger ones. Then you can have five to 10 or something in B-listers, as I call them, and then some C-listers as well, because they, the B and C-listers, they will really promote you. They will, you know, share with their email list. They will share on social media. And that's how you're going to grow your audience, your list, and, you know, your business as well in the process. The A-listers are there for mostly for credibility. And you have to ask yourself, what's in it for them? How can I add value to the speakers? And maybe you you say that they will get promotion through your summit. Maybe they can offer their free giveaway to grow their list even. Or if you have a really hard to get speaker on, maybe they can even sell on the summit. I didn't need to do anything of that. I didn't want my summit to be a pitch fest. But, you know, that's a great way. If you really want the speaker, maybe you can offer that as a value add to them that they can actually sell their product and then you can be an affiliate for their product as well. So I think that's some ideas you can take from this. So we're going to start to wrap up here now. So who is doing something that interests you? I mean, I really think that you are doing something really great with, you know, pod, the podcast conference, you know, and the best podcast conference in the world, podcast movement. So obviously, I follow what you're up to. But if I could only pick one person that I follow a bit more these days, you know, I'm so busy with everything I'm doing, but someone that deserves my attention is the Brian Harris of Video Fruit. And I follow him really closely after uh, Greg Hickman. He mentioned him on a podcast interview we did. I knew about him before, but I just didn't really follow his content that much. And then I started to dive deeper into his content. I was just blown away because I love actionable content. And I was so impressed that I actually invited him on the Lifestyle Architects. We did a podcast interview there. And then now I invited him back to be part of the Branding Summit to talk more about the importance of building an email list, which he has done in a great, great way in a short amount of time. I believe he has like 10,000 subscribers in less than a year now. And that's just blows me away. So definitely check him out. I'm on his list there. So that's he has some great content for sure. That is awesome, Navid. And I think um, Jared's wrapping up now. So I want to ask, what is the best place for the listeners to connect with you online? Yeah, I'm very easy to find. So you can connect with me over at navidmoases.com or if you can't spell that, you can find me over <laughs> at navid.me and connect me with me on Twitter at navidmoases and tell me that you listen to this episode of Start the Dots and you know what action you will take based on everything we talked about here. And don't forget the branding summit. You know, it's going to be great. If you want to see how I put everything together, it's thebrandingsummit.com. Very cool. Do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Yeah, actually, I do. And, you know, sometimes I end, you know, an episode kind of acting before you're ready and take massive action. Just do it. I'm not going to do this here because I want to like, you know, I want your listeners to take some action and I'm going to offer them a challenge. That's really to identify three to five people that you want to kind of not only to reach out to, but someone that you might kind of like to build a long-term relationship with. And that's something I've seen be very powerful for me. So really research the persons you're reaching out to, write them an email and send that within the next seven days. You can really get this done. It doesn't take that much of work, but this will help you kind of tremendously when you are putting together, for example, a virtual summit later. So as you focused on building the relationship first by adding value and 
that's really how I want to end this with this quote by Sig Sigler. You can get everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. And that's my whole mantra and also on the homepage of my site. I love it. No, but I really appreciate you taking time. Thanks, Paul, to you as well. So yeah, looking forward to the branding summit and Navid, best wishes to you and your business. And uh, you're coming to the States in a few months. Is that right? Then next year, probably in March, I'm going to come there. So definitely going to try to meet up as many people as possible. I have so many friends there. So thanks so much, Jared. Thanks, Paul. Uh, it's good to talk with you, Naveed. Definitely. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Jared. To me, a personal brand is essentially what other people say about you when you're not in the room or not around. It's a promise to an audience that you kind of deliver consistent, you know, high quality content to them. That's kind of the basis of it.